Hey, everybody, and welcome to Breaking the Wall podcast. It's me, Brandon, and I am back from a very busy few months. Uh, I've been uh, learning some new roles in the show I'm in. I've been uh, traveling. I just got back from a week in Puerto Rico, which I didn't really realize the value of rest, complete rest that I needed, the sun that I needed. If you are living in New York, you know that the winter is quite the time to get through. Um, Summer is right around the corner, but I could not wait. I needed some sun right away, some relaxation, hammock, reading, time, really separate from, you know, the hecticness that is the life of a dancer. Um... But I came back and I'm feeling rested, inspired, motivated, and I spent the whole morning just letting this episode flow out of me. And it's actually going to be a two-parter. I'm really excited about this. I posted this idea on my Instagram a few weeks ago and haven't really had a moment to sit down and really go through what it's all about, but I'm excited to share it with you all today. Um, like I said, it's going to be a two-parter. This is going to be part one. I'm going to have part two coming out next week. Um, and this episode is all about how to build an anti-fragile career. So what is an anti-fragile career? It actually comes from just having an anti-fragile mindset and knowing that jobs, any decisions or the paths you take, especially early on in your career, are not going to make or break your career. And I've talked about this in past episodes, at least in terms of what a successful career can look like. But as we know, a successful career is really dependent on what you want, what kind of work you want to do, the people you want to surround yourself with. And, you know, I think there's also just a lot of propaganda um, and ideas around why people get jobs in terms of You know, some people get jobs because they have the right look or maybe they appear to be more versatile or they knew someone in the room, like all these reasons. And these are all valid. However, the variables of getting picked for a job are just so vast that inevitably there are going to be jobs that you're going to get and then jobs you don't. So as we dive into these next two episodes, I really want you to reflect on where you are right now and where you want to go and really put into perspective, you know, how you're navigating or how you're managing so far, you know, are you feeling uh, defeated? Are you feeling inspired? Are you feeling, uh, are you on a high? Are you on a low? Uh, Has it been a while since you've had a job? Uh, Are you just starting your career and you have no idea what the landscape looks like? And there's a lot of anxiety surrounding that. Hopefully you can use this episode to reflect on that and, you know, you can keep referring back to this episode when you are feeling those moments of, why am I doing this? Or, uh, is there, is this right for me? Yeah. Because like I said, this whole episode is about how to make this career sustainable and that's what I want for you. So let me just go ahead and dive in and give you this first idea and To have an anti-fragile career, you need to give yourself enough different experiences early on. So this is great if you're just starting out. If you are like, what am I going to be doing? I don't know where I want to go. Know that a lot of you need to just have a lot of jobs, a lot of variety, right? A lot of quantity of jobs. Um, 
and you need to go for these things, right? I think once we live, I think I've said this before, once we label, we limit, right? So once we say, I'm this kind of dancer, I only do this type of job, you're really shutting off a whole world of other possibilities that you might really enjoy. So having all these experiences are going to be super beneficial to having a anti-fragile, sustainable career. Um, I know for me, my early career did start with a contemporary dance company, which I'm really grateful for, Um, but it also included performing in drag pageants. It included one-night-only museum works or museum installations. It involved circuit parties, which I count as part of my dance career. It involved unpaid video projects. These were all so integral to my career. And they, I think they all played a part in leading me to where I am now, slash finding what I really wanted out of my career. I mean, they held so much info that I really didn't realize until years later that I said, oh, this really prepared me for this job. And I'm happy I had that. And by the way, you won't actually know what you want until you're in the job and have all of these experiences. I just want to say that. Right. I think we can have an idea after college. We have a lot of influences from our teachers um, and the works we've done in the past. We know where we get praise. But until you're in these jobs, I don't think you can really feel the complete weight of, oh, this is where I'm meant to be or this is definitely not what I want. Um, I mean, for me, I thought a company dance job, 32 to 52 week contracts, um, a name that came with the work. Uh, or maybe even the pay. I thought that was what it was for me. And it wasn't until I was in those jobs that uh, provided these things that I realized it wasn't actually something I was interested in anymore. I mean, I wanted to perform. I learned I wanted freedom to travel, not necessarily with a group or with a company. I want to just have the availability to get up and travel to Puerto Rico for a week, Right. Um, I wanted more autonomy over my time. I wanted to be challenged daily. And that for me, uh, looked like a physical challenge. It also looked like a mental problem solving challenge. I wanted these things to be a part of my everyday life. Um, what I didn't want, uh, was busy work, right? Clock in, clock out culture where, uh, you know, you agreed to be in rehearsal from 10 to 4.30 every day. Whether we have work for you or not, we expect you to be there and you make yourself busy. Learned I hated that, right? Some people like that kind of security. For me, it wasn't the, it wasn't the way. Um, I didn't want to be in rooms where I felt used and disrespected. And that to me looked like doing something, doing a work, doing a phrase, full out over and over again, simply because a choreographer didn't know what they wanted. Um, or didn't have a vision for what they wanted. Um, or it looked like I said earlier, they just wanted to get their money's worth. So they said, well, we called you here today uh, for this amount of time. So we're going to keep you here because we need to make sure that we get everything we can out of you. Uh, which I learned later on doing other rehearsal processes. When the work was done for the day, the work was done. I still got paid for those hours I blocked off, but I was like, no productive work is going to happen today. Or not me, but the choreographer was able to step aside and say, you know, I don't think we have any more productive energy today. Uh, let's call it, right? Not in a bad way, not like everyone looks tired, but in a way of like, you know what, I think we could hold everyone here, but it's not necessary, right? It's not going to be useful for our process. I think we'll be better off just picking up tomorrow. And I really like that. Uh, but all this to say, I felt what 
that was like. I felt what it was like to be in those rooms where I felt disrespected or overused um, or underutilized or whatever it was. And I'm grateful for those experiences so I could identify them more quickly later on and know whether or not I wanted to take a job that was going to lead me in that direction again, right? So these experiences are so necessary and having a lot of them, especially early on, is going to help you really slim down the things you want um, because you experience them. So that's number one. The next one I want to talk about is a fun one. It's just celebrating the big and little wins. So both. This can look like making it into an audition, right? We have to submit for a lot of auditions these days. Just getting in the door can be a win, right? Making it past a couple of rounds. I know for me, making it past the ballet round, I was like, yes, okay, cool. Now we, I can. Now I get to have this uh, fun rep experience, right? So, I mean, some of my first projects and classes I taught were uh, complete crap. So outside of dancing, when I started becoming a teacher back in 2015 to 2017, you know, I was teaching class to two to four people, right? And many classes like that, not just one. It was like every week, two to four people, two to four people. Uh, and today, pandemic included, my class has grown to upwards of 40 people in the room, right? That's incredible. And then the last five Oh, I guess eight years. Oh, my gosh. I've been doing this for longer than I thought. Um, but, you know, over the, these last years, it's grown to uh, having a really full room where I'm like, we might need more space soon. But if I didn't celebrate the two people coming to class or didn't celebrate when I had four people who were interested in giving me money to hear my ideas or share my phrase work, I would have never made it to this point. Same now, though, when I have 20 people to 40 people or when I do have 10, if I'm not celebrating these things that are milestones or even little milestones, then I'm never going to be able to keep going to get to the next one, right? It would have been just way too hard, too mentally, physically exhausting. And as a dancer, I really had to work to celebrate one very specific no, which was the not right now. And maybe this is something a lot of you are experiencing when you step into the audition room. You make it to the end and they're like, ah, it's going to be a no for us or it's going to be a not right now. And these suck because it's literally just an open-ended response. Sometimes I'd prefer the no. I'm like, just let me know if I'm not the right fit here. Uh but like, so I'm I'm just left with, so if not right now, when though, right? And it could be a maturity thing. They might be looking for someone older or, you know, maybe it's a look thing. Like some jobs require you to, like I said, look older. So you need to have a beard or you need to be graying or whatever it is that that aesthetic of that company is. But it could also just be a financial or a space thing. Maybe they don't have a role that would be perfect for you open at that time. Or maybe they don't have the financial room for you and they have to limit the amount of dancers they're hiring this year. The positive note is that I feel like I was on the right path when I got these kinds of answers, right? Uh, and that's the thing I had to celebrate. I could just leave it up to timing at, at that point and continue the good work that I was already doing or already getting uh not praised for, but uh, pushed forward with, right? If someone's saying not right now, they're like, you're doing good work. There's just something that's missing. And it's, and my assumption is that it's usually on their end. They're not getting, they're not getting anything that you 
couldn't give right now, right? So it has to come down to timing eventually. So that's number two. And I want to get in to one more. And this one is a big one. And it's probably the most uh, mentally challenging because you have to really convince yourself that it's real, right? There has to be a little bit of delusion with it because you can't really put your finger on it. And it's practicing abundance instead of scarcity. I'm sure you've heard this before. We've all heard about practicing abundance. There's always more. There's always something else. But it's so needed. It's so valid in this industry. We need to always believe that there is more out there for us, right? There's always another, I don't know, insert anything you want here, right? Another job. There's always another show. There's always another audition or another big paycheck or another tour, etc. right? It's when we make the stakes around a job so high that we fall victim to the scarcity of it, right? And this is what's not sustainable, right? When we look at a job and we go, I need this job. If I don't get this, this is the deal breaker. I mean, I, I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I remember doing the So You Think You Can Dance audition um, back when I was in college, like a sophomore in college. And I drove all night to LA. I make it into the room. We're sitting, we're, we're cold. We're sitting in this huge theater uh, and they call you out to uh, improv one at a time. And I got cut right there, like right at the beginning. Uh, not the journey I was hoping for. Um, but I remember getting cut and sitting on the sidewalk waiting for my other friends who got kept to keep going so i was out on the sidewalk for quite some time so i saw a lot of people who also got cut come out and getting to talk to them and there were a lot of people who said this was it for me this was the the, this was the the straw that broke the camel's back if i didn't get this i was going to be done dancing and i didn't get it so now i am done and i just couldn't relate I couldn't believe that maybe they've had a long stem of auditions and runs, but I'm like, if you put that much pressure on this job, then yeah, maybe you should be done. I mean, of course you're going to be done. If you're saying this is my last resort and it doesn't work out, then you're going to believe it, right? Um, You know, and I think a lot of that has to do with sentiments like you need to dance like the rent is due tonight. I mean, I, I don't know if people still say that, but I've heard that in rooms before in convention halls or wherever we were. People being like, dance like you need to survive, right? And that, I think dancing with passion and purpose is great in your work. Like you need that. You need to have that passion uh, to keep moving forward. But this mindset to me just leads to desperation um, and scarcity, which is not the goal, right? And it's not sustainable, Maybe it'll work once in a while, but to build an anti-fragile career, you need to have a mindset that is sustainable. And when you're in your 20s, by the way, there are plenty of ways to make money, right? There are plenty of jobs out there. There are plenty of opportunities, plenty of room to make mistakes. Your responsibilities are really so limited. I mean, I know all of us come from different backgrounds and we have a lot of different struggles, right? Some of us have a little bit more of a cushion to fall back on. Maybe mom and dad are like, hey, you're on your own. But maybe in the back of our mind, we're like, yeah, but if I call you and say, hey, I need an extra 500 bucks, like 
maybe they can help you out, right? They, you might never have to use that resource, but just knowing that is helpful. But all this to say, it's important that you realize that you have some space here, right? Your health is probably the best it's ever going to be. Your energy is probably the highest it's ever going to be. You're going to book a bunch of jobs and you're going to leave a bunch of jobs. There are endless possibilities for you, really. And you sometimes it just you have to just think outside the box. But if you say this is the only thing I can do, if you say it's up to this, whether I leave New York or stay, if it's like if I don't book this, then I'm never moving to this place. If you know if that kind of thing is holding you back, then it's you're already setting yourself up for failure. So in your 20s, especially if you're just starting out, especially if you are, you know, you've been maybe in this career for a year or two, don't use this time to build habits of scarcity. Yeah, use this time to build habits of abundance and say, okay, well, I know I can make more, I can make money another way. I know that there's another audition tomorrow. I know that I can go back to class and try this thing again tomorrow. Yeah, there's always another opportunity. And I'll leave you with this one story. But I remember for myself, when I left Chicago back in 2017, I was in the city for two years. I had a uh, full-time dancing job. I was only teaching three classes a week and completely supporting myself. Like the, the cost of living in Chicago is significantly different from the cost of living in LA or New York. And, you know, this was my dream when I left college. I wanted to be financially supported through dance. However, I also felt stuck. I felt like I was reaching a ceiling and knew the other jobs that I wanted, the other things on my bucket list, the choreographers, the work I wanted to do was all out in New York City, right? But at the same time, I said, but that would require a lot of sacrifice to do that job, right? But the only way to do those jobs were to go, right? I also knew the longer I stayed in Chicago, the harder it would be for me to leave. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. As you get older, you start to have these responsibilities creep in, whether you have a relationship, a partner, um. I don't know, maybe some of you are considering kids. Maybe you're uh, trying to, maybe your health is uh, complicated. Maybe your family is getting older and you need to take care of them at some point. You know, it's all of these different ideas. But for me, I knew if I stayed in Chicago any longer, it would only get harder because of those things, right? I would start to meet people. I would start to build these uh relationships that were harder to get out of. Not impossible, just harder, right? I'd have to start paying health insurance, all these things. But what it meant by leaving Chicago is that it meant sacrificing the security I built and actually stepping into temporary houselessness, stepping into financial debt. It meant leaving a community of friends and colleagues that I've built over the past two years. And knowing all this and coming to terms with all this all the loss I was facing, I had to know and believe that there was more on the other side, right? On the other side of that hardship and that struggle, there was going to be more. And there was. But if I stop at the thought of this is what I'm losing, 
I would have never been able to find the things that I didn't even know I wanted. Yeah, I didn't know that these other jobs were out there. I didn't know that these relationships that I wanted were out here. We, if we, if I did, I would still be in Chicago. I'd still be doing the same work and I'd probably be fine. Right. But I think for me personally, there would always be that little bit in the back of my mind being like, I was too scared to go. And I wonder what could have been. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to leave you with today. So that's part one. I have a few more ideas that I want to drop on you all in the next episode. But let me know what you think about this so far. Reach out to me on Instagram at It's Brandon Coleman or at Breaking the Wall Podcast. Uh, Thank you all for listening. And I am looking forward to many more episodes to come. See you all soon. Bye.